0: From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss
1: the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to this week's edition of the Conquer Risk Podcast. We have a newbie this week. I want to welcome Christopher Norton, who's our Director of Marketing at Potomac Fund Management. Christopher, nice to have you on.
0: Nice, Nice to be here as a newbie
1: since you taught us how to do most of this stuff, maybe maybe you should be a regular going forward. It, uh,
0: it does make sense for me to, uh, to have an appearance from time to time when I can add value to the conversation. And uh, with that, I'm, I'm excited about the, um, the topic today because I think it's something that not enough advisors think about, the impact that this can have on their business and the way they grow their practice, and that is having a remote workspace and not having a physical office. And I know that this is something that is particularly um, of topic for Potomac as you're recording in Florida and I'm in California. Um, so it's, it's something that we definitely have perspective on. So wanna, uh, to start, I would love to ask you sort of how Potomac got on this road um, because this is, this, is not a, this is not a new topic for Potomac. You started this back 15 years ago that you first started looking at, at w- remote working. So, so talk to me sort of how you started going down this path.
1: Well, I think the big thing is to find out your why. And there, there's nothing wrong with an office and, and you know, projecting that, that aura that some people want of a suit and tie and people coming in for meetings and things like that. Uh, So it's important for every advisor to to figure out their why and and for us We just didn't want to be chained to our desks and one of the reasons we love this profession is because it's not a factory it's not a doctor's office where you have to physically be somewhere and because of that, you know, we wanted to take advantage of the, the flexibility. The work doesn't change It's just where you do the work and so you know, back in 2003, when uh, my former business partner myself sort of took the reins, you know, the first year or so, we're putting all these systems and processes into place, and we quickly realized that our phone system, you know, there's only one person in the state of Maryland a, at the time could do work on the phone system. Um, you know, a, a tape backup where, you know, one person has to run it and boot it up and, and do the backup, and there's all these little things in, in, in the business that handcuffed us to our desks. And even though there was technology available, we just were miserable. You know, we, we wanted to be able to have the flexibility and it just wasn't there. And so our why was we wanted to be able to go where we wanted to go, uh, travel, but still run a business. And, and that started the process back in 2004-ish.
0: Well, and that, that brings up an interesting point because... Where technology is just now getting to a place that it can enable these kinds of things with 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 working on laptops with having the majority of our software and and client data in the cloud the need for a physical space has been diminished in a way that it, it never was before and I, I don't think many advisors are even thinking that way. E- even the ones who are you know, just breaking out of warehouses and, and setting up shop on their own for the very first time, they may already be 75% of the way there and their, their, their mind just isn't wrapped around thinking about working remotely. This, this isn't a world where we walk down the hall and grab something out of a filing cabinet for a client or even necessarily go into the other room and and talk to somebody at their desk because 11 times out of 10 you're probably going to hit somebody up on Slack or Jabber or Microsoft Teams or whatever instant messaging service you're using in office before you get up and go talk to them anyway and and a lot of advisors I think they're they're already sort of operating this way from a technology standpoint, but they haven't embraced it from an actual physical work setup. You know, we as a species have been going to a place to work for literally thousands of years, and it's, it's a big mindset jump to think about doing that a different way.
1: Well, it's, and I think it's a generational thing, too, right? You know, our parents, we're, we're the same age. You know, my dad, he worked for NASA and, frankly, missed a lot of us growing up in the early years. It's not like he wanted to, but that's just how the world was set up. Whereas, you know, we have taken the path where we want to be able to take our kids to school and go to a soccer practice. And so the business is set up to match your lifestyle, not the other way around. And, you know, I'm always reminded that on your tombstone, it's going to say how long you lived and if you were a good father or husband and, and nothing else. And so so that that's sort of the I, I think our generation, it, it's it's we don't work more or less hard than previous generations. It's just we, we value different things.
0: So you're absolutely right, because no one has a tombstone that reads, if only I'd spent more time in the office. I think one of the the barriers for people is when you bring up this idea of working from home, their mind immediately goes to, well, if I let people work from home, they're not going to work. They're going to do all the things, but they're not going to be focused on their job and they'll constantly be distracted and nothing will get done. So what would be your reaction to that statement?
1: It's as a business owner, it is it's tough. I, I I will admit there are times when when you're in an office, you can control, you know, who's coming and going. You know, I remember a previous boss of ours used to, if it was a 15 minute break, you would have to, you know, enter a report in and get it signed off on. And as a business owner, I want to sit here and say, oh, yeah, it's it's fine and dandy. You know, I know everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, but but there are times where. You're just scratching your head like am I the only one working here? and it's it's a trust factor. it comes down to hiring the the right employees, judging them on their work and and then sort of making that decision and and yes, the, you know there, there's gonna come a time in the future where, where someone will take advantage of it and you sort of have to act fast and and, and move on but no it's that's a real concern, especially for someone who, uh, maybe he's a control freak or someone who who feels like they have to be involved in in everything, which you know maybe some RA owners are
0: sure and and I would add that that as someone who has managed a team of people, look we, we all have periods when we're really productive and and times when we just we need a mental break. And if you're paying someone to come in an office and sit at their desk all day, you're gonna get a little of both of that. And sure. There's there's all kinds of things out there about how we can train people to be more focused and effective. But the reality is we do all need a break. And when I'm working remotely, I can just take that and I can go and do other things. And then I can come back to my computer when when I'm when I'm at a place where I can be my most productive. And I, I have found that the opposite of the fear is true. I'm actually more productive working remotely than I am when I'm in an office. And, and that's true for a couple of reasons. First, no one walks over to my desk on a Monday and wants to shoot the shit about all the football games over the weekend. That just doesn't happen. That time doesn't get wasted. Second, like I mentioned, when I need a break, I can take one and I can come back and I can get to it. And third, if there's there's things that I need to get done that maybe I've put off, right? So. When when I'm working, I want to focus on the things that are are most effective and and are going to make the biggest impact, but I I also need to spend a couple hours just cleaning up files and making sure everything's organized and ready. I can just grab my laptop and do that while I'm watching a game or watching the boys or something like that. And this, this idea that the line being blurred between when I'm working and when I'm not as a bad thing, I actually think that's a positive. For For both my personal life and my professional life, I can work at the times that are best and and get more done that way instead of saying, nope, this time I can only do these things and this time I can only do those things. i I think that's a dated mentality
1: well, look, I mean, t- let me just to interrupt that was, I mean, we had a question about, you know, vacation policy, and I, and my my response was it's it's the get your shit done vacation policy. It, you know, like, if you have to go something somewhere during the day for your son's school or whatever it may be, then it's only fair that you know, when you get some free time whenever, whether it's at night, like you said, watching the game, you just do a little cleanup and, and you're back to it the next day. It's, it's, you're, you're sort of just policing yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that's a good point. And I think for advisors, there's the whole technological aspect of it. I think there's, there's the trust factor, which, which comes back to your people. And then the, the third part I think is, is client perception and this idea that because I'm a financial advisor, I have to have a mahogany desk with a big bookshelf behind it with encyclopedias and a globe and a model airplane and a picture of the ocean. And clients are going to sit there and look at it as they talk to me because that's what an advisor does, right?
1: Yeah, but I see. I think I hear that a lot too. Uh, the client perspective: what am my client? What's my client going to think? And I, I think that's such bullshit because you, as an advisor, are guiding your client to financial freedom, right? To to a place where they don't need to rely on income, where they're free, where they're not at work. But you're not embracing the same thing, you know, and so. How can you, you know, teach that part of it when you're not actually living it? And so when you're not doing it, exactly. So it's 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 not something I think that that meshes. I I don't think it's really, you know, founded.
0: Well, and, and the advisors that that I have worked with that have embraced this, their clients actually like it better. Because instead of coming into the office, you can meet in a coffee shop or go wine tasting or go play golf or go go do some shared interest. That actually creates a better client experience than come into the office and we'll sit down at the fake dining room table I have next to my desk and we'll go through a binder. Like that's just not the world we live in anymore. Grab an iPad, go anywhere.
1: For sure, I, and, and that's why I, I just some of it's generational, which we'll, we'll get we'll get through. But but let, let's touch on on tools and sort of you know for you know we don't want to obviously go through everything, but to it, it, my advice and and when we started this is like you take your your two to three biggest you know procedures that are holding you back. And from an RIA's point of view, it's going to be your accounting, right? Your portfolio accounting, whether you use a Orion or a Black Diamond, uh, it's going to be your your documents, your file server, and then your communications tools, right? Your suite of products used to sort of communicate with folks. Those are the three main areas that that handcuff you to your desk more than anything. And I think when talking to advisors, what comes up with me, they always ask me about what's the new tool, you know, what's the new thing? What, what are you using? And I always say, stop, you know, take a step back and, and what you currently have, because they probably have a solution that you're not even aware of. So rather than going out and spending all this money, look into what you have. Like, and, and I know that you're not a big Microsoft fan, but the, the, the truth is Office 365, many, many advisors use, right? They have a cloud server. They have a communication system, they have email all bundled up. You may not like the UI, you may not enjoy it, but rather than going out and, and, and spending the money and connecting all these different tools, my first piece of advice is always to take a step back and, and look at what you already have in place. And you and I go through this conversation all the time where we're like, you know, what does HubSpot do? Or, you know, do we have to get this other tool? And a lot of times you can just find it in your current tech stack.
0: Well, and this this is something that that, that hits home for me personally because, um, at one point in my career, at, at one of the one of the stops, uh, the president of our company was a systems guy. It's just what he loved, and so we tried everything, every project management system, communication system, document storage system. We tried them all, and and I learned a lot, and that's and that's something that I can share where where I have found the best integrations and in productivity, but switching all the time. Whatever, whatever benefit you think you're going to get with the latest and greatest isn't worth the pain it's going to take to switch. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. Start with your current tech stack and figure out what you can integrate together, what maybe you can bolt on to create the most effective solution. As much as it pains me to say it, if you're a Microsoft power user a like Word and Excel, They have a good suite of programs, uh, Microsoft Teams, Microsoft OneNote, that all integrate together with Office that creates a pretty seamless workflow. Maybe not the prettiest user interface, but but a good system. And there are many others out there with Slack and Dropbox and all of these things that that work well in our industry. And I, I know one of the concerns is, They may not have the security requirements needed, but the reality is pretty much all of them do today. Maybe they didn't when they launched years ago, but they do today. So it's really just about finding what works best for the systems that you have, and you can get the most buy-in from your team.
1: Yeah, and, and we're going to, in the show notes, uh, I, I dug up a, an old list of all the services we, we use, and I'm going to update it, and and we'll put that in the show notes. And it, it, it dives through each of the different services, and you'll see. I mean, they're, they're not all related, uh, but but a lot of them are. And so, you know, that I think that we always get questions on that, like, what are you using or how are you doing it? And um, it, it's a lot of it's right under your nose. You just got to sort of unearth it, you know.
0: Right. So, so out, outside the, the technology aspect of it, and I, I think that list will be very helpful for people. But but outside of that, an advisor comes to you and says, "Okay, I'm bought in. I see the wisdom of this. Where do I start?" What would you say?
1: Yeah. So th- those those couple, you know, your your communications, your server, and your portfolio accounting, are other first places to start. And I think a lot of people already have those in, in cloud-based systems. Uh, I think so. I still hear stories about on-premise servers and, and things like that. but uh, for the most part, I think advisors are there. I think then it goes to employee training. Uh, you have to have a buy-in across the board. And you ask anyone at Potomac when I'm on the phone call with them, if I hear paper you know, shuffling in the background. <laughs> I immediately stop and ask, "What is that?" I, I hope that's like a Sports Illustrated or something. Here. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Caitlin the other day, and, and I heard it, and I called her out, and I said, "What the hell is that?" And she's like, "Well, you know, it, this this one thing is just it's easier to print, and and it's it's listen, it's it's I, I I see it sometimes when I'm editing documents or looking at things that there is a temptation to to get out a sure. pen and paper and 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 go at it, but. You just gotta have buy-in across the board, and frankly, you gotta force yourself. Like, I don't own a printer. I don't own a scanner. I don't either. I don't, and, don't. I do not own a printer. And so, and so, people ask me all the time. I mean, you own an RIA, you have staff across the country. How do you not have a scanner and printer? And I, and I just don't. I have a pen that I sign electronically. I don't need to print anything. And so, the buy-in across the board. You can't have a couple people who don't buy in and are still doing things manually. Uh, training, and, and it starts you know, from the top in terms of cybersecurity and making sure that all the, the rights are turned on and things like that, in which you may need to outsource and get a tech person in to, to make sure everything's running smoothly. I, I, I don't recommend ad- advisors try to do this all themselves um, in, in terms of getting this set up.
0: Well, and as an older millennial, these things just kind of come naturally to me, especially with the experience that I that I've had. If if I was going to start working remotely with somebody, it'd be simple. I'd say, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and and off we would go. But but for many advisors, that's just not that's just not where their world is. That's not where they've lived, and and bringing in a consultant, a professional, just. Just like we we advocate for hiring professionals in in so many aspects of your life, including a financial advisor, um, that that can be a tremendous asset to this process. To be able to bring somebody in for a month, make sure you've got everything set up the the best that it can be and all your systems are integrated and you're using them efficiently. That may be an expense, but
1: a small one compared to what you're going to save on the other side and your and your time as well and and but listen with that said i want to ask you i mean i i know my experience and the the advisors i talk to but you have been on the other side where you've actually been contracted to do work for advisors so let me ask you what's sort of the biggest mistake that you've seen in in terms of advisors trying to adopt tech and or a remote lifestyle
0: so the the biggest mistake that i've seen advisors make is that they lack balance they either, they're so excited and they're so ready to do it, they pull the ripcord and, and they're not ready. And they spend so much time managing the technology that they don't really understand that they spend more time there than they actually do reaping the benefits of the new world. Or it's the other side. They, they say they're going to do it, but they're not completely bought in. And so they're doing half things in the, in the, in the, in the, in the new technology way and then half it's the old the way. Right. Right, it's the worst, yeah. and 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 so they, they never actually get there because they they won't embrace it and they they won't do what they need to to move forward.
1: Well, it's all good. So I mean, I I think what you the the half in half out thing is is huge. I mean, I we still see it sort of you know with with policies and procedures we put in place where sometimes it's that we this is how we've always sort of done it, and you, you gotta you gotta beat people out of that that mindset. So, um, but. You know, with the future now, I mean, one of the things that, you know, we, what what the plans are going forward, at least for Potomac, is, you know, we fully plan on being 100 percent remote right now. We still have an office in Maryland. Um, no one actually goes there except for uh, some back office folks. But the plan in the next four to six months is to, you know, completely close that down and move everyone remote Um Obviously, we need to work on uh, beefing up cybersecurity and making sure the admin rights are, you know, are, are handled on, on everyone's computer. And, and, but those things are, are easily, you know, to me, cybersecurity is no different than if you're remote than in your office. It's just different flavor, but the, the, the risks are still the same. Um, and so I, I think the big takeaways for sure, I think that that PDF that we're going to put in the show notes about what we use uh, will be popular because that's the most like, you know, the questions I get the most are, you know, what are you actually using? Um, and, and we're not in love with everything we use. Sometimes you, you have something in place and it's, it's just more of a pain to change than it is to, to try to fix it. So with that being said, um, I don't know if you have any recommendations. I'm going to jump into mine this week. I, uh, Saw uh, Jack Ryan, which on Amazon Prime, uh, first season was last year, second season two came out this past weekend, and it was, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, It's, I mean, we binge watched the whole thing. So we did eight episodes in about two days over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're 40 minute shows. So if you sit down and watch three of them, it's, it's a movie. And so over three days, we essentially saw three movies. And so... Yeah. Phenomenal. I think, I think everyone should, should check it out for sure.
0: Very cool. I I saw the first season and was equally uh, a fan. And I noticed one of the things I thought was interesting was Apple launched Apple TV plus on Friday and Amazon conveniently dropped season two of Jack Ryan at precisely the same moment. Uh, <laughs> so that was well played on their part. I thought, um, my recommendation is not actually a new one or one that is even timed with a a new season, but I don't think it's ever been mentioned on our podcast. And um, it, if you're in the industry, it is an immensely enjoyable show, and that's Billions. It is so well-written from the perspective of how things work in the financial industry. And there's, there's so often times where anywhere a movie or a TV show goes anywhere near the, fin- the financial space, it, it just gets so fantastical that it, it might make for a great movie, but it's not something that you really relate to. And even though Billions is, is certainly things to an extreme, the for writers some. of that show have such a great knowledge of the industry that it makes it fun. And, and I know that, that Josh Brown, who, who pretty much everybody in the industry knows is a recognizable figure, is a consultant on that show and helps with some of the scripting. And I, and I know that perspective helps. But if you haven't seen that show, it is incredibly enjoyable. Uh, I've seen the first full, first four seasons, I believe the fifth one comes out early next year. So it's a good time to get caught up.
1: I second that on Showtime. So I don't have cable, but I have, Forty fucking streaming channels now so it's the same goddamn thing so yeah and disney plus comes out in a week so <laughs> disney
0: plus comes out in a week yeah, I'm there like, for
1: <laughs> yeah and i am now of hbo stars showtime um pbs disney plus around the corner hulu live i mean we should put that in the show notes how many goddamn streaming channels we have now yeah and i that, actually saw somebody on
0: other. uh on Twitter the other day saying, I've got all these different streaming things. Can't somebody bundle them together into one service? Yeah. And it's just amazing how quickly it comes full circle.
1: Cool. All right. Well, that's <laughs> all we got. Like, um, you know, we on the connect page, PotomacFund.com. Uh, if you get a chance, subscribe to the blog, get the notifications. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we got a new face now that'll be in the mix. And hopefully we can uh, add some more Potomac staff to the, in the future.
0: All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities
1: discussed in this podcast.